All right, everybody, what's going on? And welcome in to episode three of Spaceball, the Sideline Net- Network's very own baseball themed podcast. Each week, I throw nine pitches to the internet's own Austin Space as we break down what's been going on in Major League Baseball over the past two weeks. Speaking of Austin Space, he's right across the screen from me. Mr. Space, how are you doing today? I am doing pretty well. We are just over a third through the season at this point. I'm going through it. Um, you must be feeling good about your Yankees taking over the Red Sox this weekend. They play again tonight in a wraparound series. Feeling good? Feeling confident? I mean, I feel pretty good. I mean, I, yeah. with the Yankees pitching staff, I don't think you can ever feel 100% confident. But they, uh, they seem to be able to just fit people into their lineup uh, pretty easily right now. So I can't really complain about their, uh, their hitting. That's, yeah, yeah. And uh, while I'm here, I just want to thank you for joining me on my uh, other podcast where we talk about some baseball stuff. The Pointless 64 debuted last week. So I really wanted to thank you for joining me. And it's nice to see you and podcast with you once again. So, Well, thank you for having me. It was an honor to be on your inaugural season. It was a lot of fun. I got a little angry and competitive throughout the uh, throughout the we episode. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it's a lot of fun. You have you have a great concept and and it's a it's a completely original idea. And, um, you know, you deserve a lot of credit for for coming up with it and developing it. And I think you got something special. Well, thank you, man. It's uh, a lot of different people. It's open to anybody. It's not uh, specifically themed. Um, although if you're listening to this podcast, it's it's about MLB mascots. So uh, you, there might be some crossover from Spaceball to mascots here, although uh obviously the more serious discussions about mlb mascots that's that's for sure we, we keep it lighthearted here on uh, Spaceball. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're gonna get into the first segment of the podcast which is did i get this right every week i have the opportunity to bring up a segment that i did on one of my other podcasts for the network and i get to ask austin if i got this idea correct so this one is college football themed um, so I believe that college football should be played and that the conferences that canceled their season so far, there's three of them, the big 10, the PAC 12 and the big 12 or have all canceled their seasons. I find them to be completely hypocritical, uh, to cancel their football seasons because they're opening their campuses as usual. So everyone's going to go off and live their normal lives on campuses. And they are also at least the big 10 anyway, is allowing intramural sports to take place on their campuses as well. But they have canceled their college football seasons. Mr. Space, do you think I got this right? I got to be honest, I'm not sure. And I think the answer is I'm not sure with all of this situation. Like, I, I just can't. It seems like you, not to, which is a total detriment to the way things are now, your opinion is almost no better than a doctor's differing opinion, which we hear every other day about what's unsafe, what's safe when to wear a mask, when we're all going to die, everything's fine, tomorrow it goes away, we're going to be done until 2025. I don't know. <laughs> At this point, I have given up. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I've given up that situation. Now, maybe maybe they are hypocritical because of what they're saying, and uh, I don't know. I, I guess I lean more towards being safe, so I guess I would say – Probably not, but your point is salient in the fact that if all these other facilities and all these other organizations are going to do this, what's the difference? I mean, not all too much. You had a bunch of people congregating, living in sometimes dorms of three people together on campus. I mean, those 
those dorms are cesspools basically. So I, 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 I'm beyond knowing at this point. <laughs> that's fair. No, that's cool. I mean, I, th- I think you're looking at it rationally. I'm looking at it irrationally because I am a diehard college football fan. So yeah. the, just the fact that, you know, there, there's, it's not a thought. It's the fact that there are at least three conferences that are canceling their season, which probably leans to the fact that the other conferences are probably going to get bullied into doing the same thing as well yeah. with public pressure and everything. I'm not going to have college football, which makes me very upset, which again, yeah. it's, it's just, it's, it's not a rational thought process necessarily, but, um, you know, it just, it bums me out. Yeah. I mean, we have a big down in the, cause I live in Florida. That's big down in Florida. So I'm sure. A lot of people down here are upset as well, but who knows at this point, I just throw my arms up and go, sure. Okay. And, and then and- I just drink beer in my house by myself. <laughs> And, and again, I, yeah. well, I'm, I am, well, well, we'll, we'll touch on that in a minute. Um, so that's actually a perfect segment. We're going to get out of college football. We'll get right into baseball and talk about Austin's horrific Red Sox team. So really- the second segment, <laughs> the second segment of our podcast, which is the main segment are the nine pitches in this segment. I have the opportunity to throw nine pitches to Mr. Space. And he has the opportunity to take any one of those pitches that he chooses and throws it right back in my face and makes me answer the question. The four pitches that I get to throw to him are a fastball, curveball, changeup, and spitball. A fastball is an obvious question, which are hard-hitting news stories within the league. Then we have our curveballs, which are the not-so-obvious questions, questions reserved for lesser-known stories or things that sports fans aren't necessarily thinking of in terms of the game. Then we have the changeup, which is the prediction question over unders. Will this player or team succeed or fail? And then spitball, which is my out of left field question that I can ask him, which is anything non-baseball related, which are always my favorite questions. We'll start off with a fastball per usual. As you said, Austin, as we've kicked off this podcast, you said we're about a third of the way through the season. So given that, mm-hmm. what teams have surprised you the most with their current standings? Okay, well, let me take a look at these standings here. Let me pull them up. Baltimore, enormous surprise, I think that comes to say. They're only three games out. Um, they are – what's the wild card situation? They're only, point five, they're only half a game back in the wild card. Um, Baltimore, I would say, is the team – Miami, I guess, but – I don't know if you can really count that because they've played significantly less games. Well, not significantly. they played less games than other teams, um, probably about half the other teams, the games. So they, they've uh, done well. Um, those are the two teams I would say. Baltimore is, to me, the biggest surprise, in my opinion. I don't know how they're doing it, to be quite honest. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So I'm, I'm actually surprised that you didn't mention your Rockies. Are you, are you still uh, bullish on your Rockies? Yeah, because I, if we remember at the beginning of the season uh, or after our last episode, I said, don't sleep on the Rockies. So I'm not surprised about the Rockies. Everything's going right for them. You know, we, t- we, we said we'd revisit this, wouldn't we? Didn't we yes, say we're- yes, we did. And, yes, we did. Uh, I'm going to sit here and talk about how right I am because. <laughs> Go right it. The floor is yours. Kyle Freeland's pitching well. That Santazella's pitching well. Their bullpen's pitching well. They're hitting. Um, everything's going right for the Rockies, and they're just going to get better. You know, they are, I believe, second. Um, they are second right now. They're one, two games back. They're 
hitting the wild card spot. Looks like they might. They're doing better than San Diego right now, which nobody's talking about. And the fact that Charlie Blackman is leading uh, the National League in batting average. And I think the, they have the, the best batting average in all of baseball. Um, if I if I let me see here, hold on, let me pull up. Uh, yeah, they they have a 280 batting average. In Isn't all Blackman leading the whole league in batting average, or is it just National League? Let's see, he is in batting average. Yes, Charlie Blackman leads the all of baseball with a 446 uh, batting average right now. Okay, he was almost hitting 500 at one point. So, I mean, that I, I mean they have the talent. And they're not getting hurt. And when they do get hurt, they're still they're still pitching well. So, I mean, it's all coming together for them. So that's why I'm not surprised because I I, I kind of had a feel. I watched this team and I went, they're off to a good start. I think they're going to stay there. All right, fair enough. Yeah, Baltimore has nobody. I don't know how they're going to stay there. To be quite honest. I don't know why either. I, they, I'm I'm just as shocked as anybody to see Baltimore in third place right now. So. Yeah. Yeah. Who is the uh, – this is a change-up. Who is the AL MVP right now, Aaron Judge or Mike Trout? Mike Trout. Um, Aaron Judge, we're going to be served with the injuries, although I'm still okay with um, Aaron Judge, but but it is Mike Trout. He's a better batting average. He hit about – I think, what did he do? He hit like – what? As soon as he came back from uh, baseball, he hit – he hit like a home run on the day back. He had his baby. Then he had a bunch more home runs. I think he's had, what does he have? I think he has nine or something like that right now. Yeah, he has nine so. home runs. He's tied with uh, Aaron Judge right now. Um, I mean, he's a better player than him. And with the way the season goes, I mean, if the only thing he has against them is that the Angels aren't playing well. So right. Aaron Judge is going to have to come back and really go big if he wants to win the MVP, which could happen. But if but if the if it ended today, my votes for Mike Trout, and I think Mike Trout wins. Okay. Do you do you, do you agree? Do you think Aaron Judge? No, I 100 percent agree. No, because I, I was looking at the stats um, when coming up with the question because I was I wanted to see. I I, I I obviously I know what Aaron Judge is doing, but I I really hadn't been paying all that much attention to Mike Trout. Um, so when I pulled up his and I immediately once I saw the the difference between the two batting averages. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they both tied with home runs at that point, I was like, okay, well, it's clearly, it, it, in my opinion, it's Mike Trout. I mean, just just if you look at his overall um, his overall stats compared to Aaron Judge, I think Mike Trout. Um, I'm not saying Mike Trout's running away with it, but Judge's injury certainly doesn't help him. I understand what you're saying about the the one thing, the, the one detriment to taking Trout over Judge is because the Angels aren't going to do anything yeah. postseason wise. But um, if if we're just looking at who's the best player in baseball. It's still Mike Trout. Yeah, he's batting 301, 19 RBIs, nine home runs. He plays defense. He's, I mean, it, it's it's almost boring. It's like the it's the typical Mike Trout boring stat line that you see every every day. So. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just it's 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 almost one of those things where like if he wasn't doing this well, that would be a sign of concern. Mm-hmm. It's just he's just become so damn consistent. It's just it's incredible. Well, what this guy does year in and year out is just absolutely incredible. Has a uh, has a baby, comes back, and didn't miss a beat. That's exactly. All right, so I got a curveball for you. Okay. So prior to playing Saturday, mm-hmm. the St. Louis Cardinals were technically in second place, sitting at five and a half games back. They are now still currently in second place. 
Yes. The Cubs are sitting comfortably in first place. Yes. Is the NL Central really that bad? And do you see any team in that division able to compete with the Cubs for the division title? Milwaukee is playing better. Um, Christian Yelich has been awful, but he's going to get better. Um, they have good pitching. They have the best closer in all of baseball. So Milwaukee will be a team to compete. Do I think Chicago takes home the uh, the title in the NL Central? Absolutely. They're playing some of the best baseball right now. You Darvish almost pitched a new hit, a no hitter uh, a few days ago. Um, they're right there. St. Louis is interesting because they're going to have an insane schedule to make up for the COVID stuff like that. That will likely wear them down, I would presume. Um, so I like Milwaukee over them. Cincinnati's interesting because they have really good pitching, but they're just not hitting well enough. So um, that'll be an interesting team to look at. They could do well, but I don't I don't see it right now. And Pittsburgh's awful. Pittsburgh's terrible. Uh, they're one of the worst teams in baseball, so no chance at all. So uh, Milwaukee, Milwaukee has a shot. If we look at the wild card standings, excuse me. Oh, boy. If we look at the wild card standings, they are one and a half games back. So they're in it just as well as anybody. Um, but Cubs take home that title. I think they're clearly the best team in the Central. Okay. Spitball for you. Is All Dennis right. e- Eckersley your favorite baseball announcer? And if not, who is it and why? It's absolutely Dennis Eckersley. Did you tune in like I, I sent you that? Uh, of course I did. Of course okay. I did. So let's hear from you then. So what did you what do you what did you make of Eckersley's coverage of uh, hearing it from the Boston Red Sox side? So uh, basically, real quick for listeners. Uh, Red Sox were playing the Yankees on Friday last week, and I said, LaValle, I challenge you to listen to the game from the Red Sox standpoint. Because in my heart, I know the Red Sox have better coverage or more entertaining coverage than the Yankees do. That, that I think, is pretty objectively true, in my opinion. Because we've got Jerry Remy and got Dennis Eckersley. What did you make of Dennis Eckersley covering baseball games? Dennis Eckersley I've always found to be very – okay, as a Yan- – okay, let me, let me do it this way. Dennis Eckersley, when I was younger, I thought was an asshole and I couldn't stand listening to him talk. As I got older, objectively speaking, when I took the when I took the Yankee hatred out of it, I actually to me, he's kind of like Charles Barkley. I consider him like the Charles Barkley of baseball where like he's just straight laced. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Barkley, I don't know if Barkley is necessarily biased, so to speak. Eckersley is obviously in the can for the Red Sox. Sure. But. He does it in a very entertaining way. Like he's very like it's straight laced. It's this is how I feel about this. This is the way they should be doing X, Y, and Z. I don't understand why they're not doing this. Mm -hmm. And I respect that. I 100% respect that because I think if you're going to be a homer, at least be a somewhat objective homer in the fact that you have no problem criticizing the team if they're doing stuff that's just straight up wrong. My issue with Yankees announcers (laughs) Is that so? We, we've got two. So you've got. I like Michael K. I've always liked Michael K. I think he does good. He's a good radio host, and he's he's just a, he's he's just a solid commentator. The rest of their staff sucks. They mm-hmm. are so boring. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about anything. And then you have um, John Sterling on the radio, and John Sterling is the most annoying radio announcer. 
I think of all time. And he's probably in the Hall of Fame. I don't know this. Yeah. I'm assuming he is given his well, years. The Yankees win certain. is classic. He's got that down, right? You know. The, the Yankees win thing is great when when you were younger and you heard it and you're sitting in the car and you're like fist pumping like, yeah, my team won. But when he makes up his stupid names for every player when they hit a home run. Oh, the like, milkman delivers. And- the milkman delivers. It's another A-bomb for A-Rod. And like, okay. it, it, like that kind of crap, it, it gets old. Um, But uh, enough about the Yankees. I, I do like Dennis Eckersley. But again, this question was set for you. I've sure. talked enough. I want to hear you talk about your favorite dude. So, yeah, Eckersley is easily my favorite uh baseball commentator he's so good so for those who don't know dennis eckersley you know he played for a long time he's a hall of famer one of the best pitchers to ever pitch the game he pitched in the bullpen he was a starter um great pitcher great pitcher uh most of his time with the oakland athletics when he came to nesson he started commentating games not live games he, he would do like the post show and he would often be the guy that would criticize the red sox the hardest so you have all these kind of cheerleaders on the show and like, oh, this guy's great. This guy's it's like, well, I don't know why they're not giving this guy a chance in the bullpen. Look at it. Give him a shot. You're not giving him enough starts. Do it like he would say this stuff and he would challenge stuff like that. And throughout the years, as Jerry Remy, unfortunately, has had his uh, bout with cancer, um, you know, some relapse whatever he's got to do, he's got to go back and this and that. He would fill in for Remy and he was astounding. He's so funny. And then one of those things that he comes up with is echisms. So I don't know if you're going to like them, but he'll come up with all these different echisms. Like this is branch work is what he would say, which means this guy is pitching, but he's just getting around players. Basically, he's like he's fake climbing a tree or going bridge is something he will say. Instead of bases juiced, he'll say bases drunk because they're juiced. They're loaded. Okay. He comes up with all these things. And a lot of them would – yeah, isn't that good? Bass is drunk. That's really that's, good. That's interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. just that's interesting. So Eckersley provides the blend of entertainment with all those echoisms with actual baseball analysis um, from a pitching standpoint, mind you, a really good pitching standpoint. And he, he's just so beloved. He swore out air accidentally. Nothing like cursing at people, but he'd be like, uh, you know, they'll say like the S words, like, oh, crap. My outdoor voice is on. Oh, like just he's so entertaining and smart. And it's and to see him go up in his career has been amazing. You might remember him on TBS. He actually when TBS started covering games, he was one of the first guys that came. Yeah, you should do the postseason coverage. Yeah. And he he went on there and he's very good on there. And I remember his first season on there. He they're, of course, showing the Kurt Gibson home run a bunch of times. Um, So he gave up the home run to Kurt Gibson. Right. Um, which is one of the most famous scenes in baseball. And he actually became friends with him later on in the round. They, they, they do charity work together. So, and the other funny thing is players don't like him weirdly, <laughs> I guess. You know, the whole thing with Beckett, know. right? It was Beckett that had the issue with him? I think, I, I think so. I know Price did. Jackie Bradley Jr. did. And it's just stuff he, he's not, he's not mean-spirited. I've never seen anything come out of his mouth that's mean-spirited. Everybody has his back. The media does. Um, but he, he's not afraid to just say exactly what he thinks. And he says it in a, like a way that makes sense. And it's very rarely that I disagree with him. Very rarely. He's, he's so good at what he does, you know, probably cause he's, he's not, he's a homer, but not really at the same time. He's a practical homer. He's like, they're not going to win. If they do this, they're not going to win. They do this. Yes. You know? So 
I'm glad you took the challenge though. <laughs> I was I was interested to see if you did, you know. Yeah, no, I like I said, I mean, I I've grown into liking him. When I when I was younger, I I did I did not like him. I I really didn't. I it was a lot of it was me just being a Yankee fan and and because <laughs> there were times where like for whatever reason the Yes Network I couldn't I couldn't watch it, so I had to watch it on SN. Yeah. And I would be so depressed because I would have to listen to him and and whoever what was it Orsillo at that time. Was Orsillo he was oh, I miss Orsillo, man. Oh, Orsillo was amazing. So funny. If we're talking about Red Sox, oh my uh, God. commentators. Who was it before him? It was oh God, his name was oh what was his name? It was Michael something. He did it for a long time. Then he went to the Bruins and stuff like that. Then they had uh. Oh man, you're really diving back. There was another guy. Sean McDonough would do some of the games. Um, I think it was just Fridays he would do it. But there was another guy in between, and they had trouble finding it. Bob Rogers did it for one year. Um, but then they locked into Don Orsillo. God, what was that other guy's name? Keep I that was so long ago. I can't even remember what happened with Orsillo. Why did was it just like his contract went up and Essen just didn't want to resign him? Was that all that so, was? Something like that. He was demanding a little more. I think he knew his worth there, and they didn't. And then he stood his ground, and then they had his last year, and he went over to San Diego. So currently, I have Dave O'Brien, who is a much more homery than Orsillo. Mm-hmm. Orsillo was not. Orsillo and Remy. They actually made a show afterwards called called Orsillo and Rem Dog or something like that. And they would just cut all the funny things they would do and make it an hour show, and it was great. You know, but they, they were they, really good. I love them together, actually. Yeah, and the chemistry is just not there, but that's what I'm saying. It's like with Remy out, and if Eckersley's going to replace him at some point, which I do believe he will, I mean, I'm happy. Like, because having a good color commentator is important, and Remy's been so good for so long. It's like, who's going to be? It's like, Eckersley? Oh, my God, I'm so relieved because I love Eckersley. (laughs) I've missed him so much. That was like the first thing I said when I when I when he was chimed in as the third chair and Red Sox coverage. I'm like, I have missed Eckersley so much. He's so funny and entertaining and smart. Everything you want in a baseball commentator. All right. So a fastball question for you. Are the Yankees still your pick to win the World Series or are you thinking there's a new favorite to win the title? I always stick with my well, what 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 question are we on here? What question are we on? This is the fifth question. Fifth question. Okay, I'll, I'll humor you here. Yes, I do think the Yankees are still the best. Now, the Yankees are going to have to look at their starting pitching. They're getting by. They're doing fine. Their bullpen is one of the best bullpens in baseball. Their depth in their rotate in their starting lineup is immeasurable. The fact that they can go without players and have Gio Oshirla step up and have all these other guys step up. I was looking at their bench the other night. And, I mean, the fact that Clint Frazier had to go to the alternate site and then come back and then just have mm-hmm. him there. I mean, we're looking great. We're looking great. And then you imagine this in the postseason, like these pinch hitters, like it's going to be great. The only thing they'll need to do is get a th- basically a third lockdown in that rotation because Garrett Cole is Garrett Cole, guys. Tanaka having a great season, having a good season. Um, beyond that, not strong. They need a focus there. Um, if they can get that at the deadline, I think they can. They're 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 so dangerous. They're so dangerous. There's there's really no holes beyond that for the Yankees. Do you disagree? Do you see anybody else stepping it up? Dodgers are good. You know. Well, I mean the Do- yeah the, the Dodgers are there. I I still I mean 
I don't know. I liked the Rays a few years ago. I remember I was that that was my dark horse team. The Rays look good now too. I, I mean, the Rays kicked the crap out of the Yankees uh, yeah. uh, last week. So I mean, they, I think they took three out of four from them or two out of three. Um, so the Rays, I think, have have an opportunity. I don't know oh. if, if if they'll be able to to beat the Yankees in the postseason, but the Rays are certainly there. But I think the if if we're just talking just strictly World Series, I would I would lean towards the Yankees, but I think if it's not the Yankees, I think it's the Dodgers. Yeah, Dodgers are, are everything's on lockstep and even uh, I don't even think Walker Bueller's having a good year right now, but he will have a good year. So with that said, with Mookie Betts playing as well as he has, that team is that team is a super team as well. So boring to talk about, but yes. You know, I, I still will go with the Yankees here. I stick with what my guns are telling me, unless the Yankees completely croak, but I don't see that happening in any in any stretch of the imagination. All right, so to change it for you. Are there any current last place teams that you believe can turn their season around and make a playoff berth? Let's take a look at these last place teams here. Last place teams are Boston, Kansas City, Seattle, the Mets, Pittsburgh, and San Francisco. If I had to take any one of these teams... I think the obvious choice is is the Mets. Do I think they'll do it? No. But if all those teams, I would pick the Mets. I don't think any of the other teams have a chance. Um, the Mets have good pitching. They should they should be playing better than they are, and they're not. Um, and that division's anybody's, and they're only four games back. So that's who I would pick going forward if I had to if I had to pick a team. Okay. To do it. So they could clinch the wild card. That could happen. That could happen. Spitball. Where do you go to for your sports news? So whether it's websites, TV network, social media, where do you go if you're looking to get some uh, some sports information? Deciding if I want to use my thing here. Um, Just remember, I do have I have. I'll tell you, in, in case you don't have the rundown in front of you, I have a curveball and a spitball again for you. So you got to spitball again after this question. Um, let me think. Let's see here. OK, let's see here. Um, I'll, I'll ask you this. Are we going to be talking about at some point a certain brawl that happened? I actually did not bring that up this week. No. So Great. If you... Let's do that. Let's throw this back at you. Um, <laughs> let's talk about that. What Unless you... you want to save that for your thir- for the third segment, if you want to do that in your final thoughts. No, I'm going to throw it back at you here. Okay, uh, cool. Let's let's throw it back at you because I was like, I can answer this question, but it will be a one-word answer. So I would like to uh, go forward with you here. Let's talk about uh, the Oakland Athletics and Houston Astros. What did you make of that scene uh, that happened? I'm so I'm I'm I don't know I to be honest with you because I'm I'm still kind of I'm still kind of jaded obviously because we talked about the the brawl on the last episode and you it wasn't really a brawl it was more Joe Kelly throwing pitches Joe Kelly fair enough but I was uh obviously I was I was okay with it initially and then I you brought up the whole COVID thing and you made me realize the error of my ways Anything with Houston, I'm usually I'm I'm always against Houston. So and I'm biased in that way. I'm uh, so I don't even know if I'm gonna if if I can even be objective 
when it comes to to totally the situation. Fine. This is a this is not a really objective question, so <laughs> kind of hard to be, you know. I guess. I mean, I just I'm not. I'm not. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't really have a a real definitive answer for you on that. I'm I'm still kind of up in the air about it because I'm still waiting to see have have they have any suspensions been announced yet? Because I haven't yes. seen anything. Lorano, okay. two suspensions have had. Uh, okay. Citron from the Astros, the hitting coach, has been suspended twenty games. Lorano, twenty games. Mm-hmm. And Lorano has suspe- has been suspended four. I believe from Oakland, the guy who got hit, he got hit right. three times in, during the series, two times in one uh, by the same pitcher. So then, yeah, he had enough walking up. He said some stuff walking up because he got hit for the third time. I think the, and, and see, this sounds weird. I think 20 games is excessive. Do you think 20 games is excessive? So, well, I want to see what you think of everything when I get in there. Okay, um, all right. So, but, I think so, I, I think twenty games is excessive. I'll, I'll just put that out there, right there. And, and I understand that that goes completely against everything I just said about Houston. But I okay. I think the brawl was it. What's the word I'm looking for? I think the brawl was justified given the situation, given what happened. Um, and I know, I, I know that again, when we when we look at what happened with the Joe Kelly thing and the fact that the bench is cleared, and you made your point about COVID. But regardless of COVID being involved in the situation, I think it's justified. I, I do. I just I think it, at a certain point you have to stand up for your teammate or your teammates, and it, it baseball is always going to be that way, or at least I think that's just that's inherit in the culture um the same way that where if 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 it happened on an different circumstances but it's the same thing with like the nhl where like benches will clear too if they feel like they have to stand up for their teammates um so i personally think that the fight was just or the, the the brawl was justified um but man 20 games that's a lot well i'll break it down a little bit here because um, we talked about it before, and I think I'm going to surprise people. I am completely on the side of the athletics here. I think 20 games was completely fine. Because okay. if, you watch, if you watch the replay of this thing, Romano's gotten hit three times, so of course he's going to be pissed. Like who, it, like I don't care if it's an accident. It probably was. Not great pitching from the bullpen from the Astros. Got away from whatever. You get hit three times in a series, you're going to be annoyed. Okay, so he walks up the line. He's annoyed. And then after hearing from the catcher, the catcher was trying to calm him down. And he actually spoke highly of the Houston catcher after that. But then what started this whole thing, we would have been fine because he basically was like, come on, man, throw a strike. Snap it. If you're going to throw a curveball, snap it. I'm tired of being hit. That's what he was saying up the line. Maybe some explicitives in there. Sure, whatever. You get three games, you're going to say some swear words. So he walks up the line. And then Cintron, the coach, the hitting coach of the Astros, eggs him on and says, basically, come over and fight me. So what is he supposed to do at that point? You know, apparently he said something like kind of not so nice in Spanish about his mother, regardless of the situation, the hitting coach egged him on. So it's not a player like, and I know this sounds unfair or whatever, but obviously the coaching staff are held to a higher standard 
of, of, of alleviating these things as opposed to the players. They're not supposed to be doing that. So he has him on. It's like, what's Lerano supposed to do? Let him sit there and say, come over and fight me. So, of course, he runs over and fight. And, of course, the Astros stand up for their manager. And he doesn't even reach it, you know. And this guy started this whole thing. If he just let it be, you know, if I'm the Astros, I'm sorry. You got away with one this year. You got away with a lot of less people hitting at, hitting at you. A lot of, you know, you're getting away with a shortened season. And it, you better keep your head down for any of this stuff. But to have a hitting coach after last year, after all this stuff comes out, say, come over and fight me, that's embarrassing beyond belief. And I was like, 20 games for sure. You can't have hitting coaches doing that to opposing players. No way. No way. You know? Um, so that's, when I saw that, I was like, this is – the arrogance of that level is insane. So I, I, I was – I think MLB took the right stance there, even though he didn't throw a punch or anything. You can't egg on players like that. No. So I was, I was very – that was that was ridiculous. I don't think I've ever seen – rare times have I seen coaches do that stuff like that. The only thing I can think of is uh, – what's his name? Don Zimmer running at Pedro. That was weird. You know, like what is that stuff? Right. You know? Which was probably less than that because he at least went off and did it. He at least was man enough – whatever, man enough to go up and fight it. This guy was like, come on and egg me on, knowing his players are going to back him up. You know? So good for Lorano. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. You know, it was, it was ridiculous. Shouldn't have come to that, and it's all his fault, really. Uh, that's yeah. fair. I mean, so, yeah, because I've been very soft on the Astros, to be honest. But you can't have that. Can't. No, and that's fine. I mean, like I said, I just, I, twenty games. I just, I, I get what you're saying. I just, twenty games for me just seems a little excessive. But managers, man. And I know it goes, it goes completely against my feelings of the Astros because my curveball question has to do with kind of kicking an Astros player while while he's down. So I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm completely against <laughs> Houston when it comes to almost everything. Sure. Um, including their mascots, by the way. So check out Austin <laughs> Point Sixty Four. Um, but yeah, no, I just that's huh. all right. All right, I'll have, yeah, to, I was just, I'll, I, I'll have to meditate on that one a little bit more. Well, rewatch that replay, watch it in slow motion a little bit, and see what this Astros manager does. I'm like, you can't have this. You know you're not gonna fight this guy that's 20 years younger than you. Come right. on, man. No, that's fair. You're a wuss. That's completely fair. Yeah. All right, so the, the curveball question for you, sure. sure. Jose Altuve has been struggling this season. He's batting 181, three home runs, and 10 RBIs. Are Altuve's struggles linked to him cheating? Was cheating more beneficial to his overall success than we may have initially realized? No, I don't think so at all. Like, you still have to let – me, let, me let me pull up his stats for this year while it, uh, while it does this. He is terrible. One uh, – Let's sit here. As you said, where, where's his stats? Where'd they come up? Why aren't my, here we go. Sorry. I'm on my other screen. You're fine. Does that stuff. Okay. Here we go. Yeah, you're right. 184 batting average, three homers, 10 RBIs. He has a career lifetime batting average of 312. If we're to assume the Astros have been cheating all this time, which I think is not true. AJ Hinch wasn't there. A lot of other things weren't there. He's been the face of the Astros team for this long. He's been an on it base hitting guy. I would attribute to this that he is how old is he? He is what is he like 29, 30? He is 30 years old right now. So I would attribute to this to a bad year. Um, I would attribute his confidence. I mean, you still have to hit the ball. 
Like, I know a lot of people were like, oh, he saw the pitchers and this and that, blah, blah, blah. You still have to the ball. You still have to get in and play. You still have to run it out. You still have to field. You still have to do all this stuff. Um, that no matter how, how much of an advantage you have, <laughs> you're not going to – you still have to do it. There's players in the Astros that are going to stink, you know. You could say, I'm going to throw a fastball at you right left, you know, down and away, and you can still stay. Um, I think this is just a sign of him getting older and, and, and becoming just not as speedy as he was. I mean, he, he was he was a speedy young guy, and now he's not as much anymore. You know, his stolen bases have gone down. You know, he used to steal, he, at one point he stole 56 bags. Last year he stole six. So it's declining. He, I think I think he just hit his peak early, and, and that's it. You know? Okay. I, I just don't – I think people attribute it to that, oh, it's like, no, no, that's that's too much, you know? Well, I mean, you know, if you and, say yeah, so. It's, it's too much. I, I, it, Altuve, he's just good. He's just not going to be as good as when he was six years when ago. He was, yeah, when he was cheating. It's fine. Yeah. No big deal. It's fine. I it's cool. He was cheating. I, I really, we don't have evidence. I don't think he was cheating when he was in 2014, you know? I mean, he was on bad teams, man. The Astros were terrible. They were nicknamed the Houston Lastros when they moved over to the the AL Central. That's fair. AL West. They were they were awful, and he stuck with them. And he's he's had. I think this is his worst. This is by far his worst year. His other worst year, he was batting two seventy six in his his first year. His rookie year, he batted two ninety. So, no, I don't see that happening. Last question. Yes, sir. Spitball. Who is your favorite sports media personality? Eckersley, you cannot use because we've already talked about him. Sports media personality. Oh, boy. Ah, that's, that's tough because I do. Eckersley is without a, a chance my, my favorite. Um, among that, I will say here's another one who, who I do like a lot. A lot of people don't like. I actually like Harold Reynolds a lot. Um, he's done MLB Network. He was on um, Baseball Tonight years ago. Old baseball tonight was awesome. I know Steve Phillips had his issues and stuff like that, but he was very good on air. And Harold he was Reynolds, very good. Yeah, and Harold Reynolds was also very good on air. He had his things too. I don't think with MLB picking him up that quickly, MLB TV picking him up that quickly, I don't think his quote unquote allegation stuff, I'm not sure. We don't know. This was a long time ago. But he he's not good in the booth calling games, but he's really good at analyzing stuff and analyzing players and talking about that. Um, so that's kind of a surprise answer. I do like him. I think he's. I think he's. He's been doing it a long time. He's very entertaining, and he knows what he's talking about. Um, so I'll go with him. Um, on a side note, I'll also say that I met Tim Kirchin in real life, and he was very nice to me. So he talked to me for a few minutes. Did I tell you that story? Yeah, you did. You told yeah. me that off pod before. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll just like he was. I saw him at a at uh, an airport in Connecticut, and nobody knew who he was, and he he talked to me for a little. He's like, I said, hey, I love baseball. He's like, oh, cool, man. He you know, just asked where I'm from, what teams I liked. He's a very nice guy. So, and he's been doing it forever. <laughs> and the stats he brings up are is really fun to watch too. So, yeah, Kirchin solid. Uh, Buster only's always been good. They're all good. Ravage is good too. I mean, they're all very good. They're not super biased. Uh, I don't think in any direction at all. Um, I do miss the old baseball tonight with Joe Morgan and John Miller. I do miss that. I will say that. I think they called it great baseball tonight. Oh, they were they were magic. Sunday yeah. night baseball with them was always awesome. I don't think they're ever going to do that. And then also, a lot of people get this. Shout out to Jessica Mendoza. She does really well. She's really good on there. She She's very lot, talented. Yeah, she gets a lot of flack for being a woman. I think that's unfair. Um, 
I don't really like her thing with the Mets, but other than that, I think she's she's very good at what she does. So I think it's awesome that I asked you sports media personality and you immediately went with baseball. Do you have somebody that's not baseball related that you like? Dick Vitale would be one. I think okay, he's cool. uh, always entertaining. Um, I'm trying to think of other sports that um, – oh, gosh, what's his name? He's that uh, he's that hilarious guy in golf. Faraday, John Faraday. Love okay. him. He's hilarious because he, <laughs> he just says whatever he wants. He's, he's hilarious. I really like him. Um, I can't think of anybody else that really stands out for me. Yeah, it's a lot because I basically watch a ton of baseball. Um, yeah, Sean McDonough was good too. I'll, I'll say that he does basketball too. Sean McDonough. Um, Sean, I love Sean McDonough. College basketball when he does college yeah. basketball, I love it. Absolutely love him. Yeah, he does really good there. Um, I don't think of anything else that I've uh, that have come across, but no. Oh, and then oh, the basketball guys are great too. Like Charles Barkley when you mentioned him earlier. I mean, I, how can you not enjoy that? Shaq is hilarious too. I mean, come on, like, what do we? <laughs> oh yeah. Anything yeah, the two of them together is, is wonderful. Yeah. I also will shout out A-Rod has been phenomenal in the booth since he's left baseball. Phenomenal. He's been, he's been way better than I ever thought he would be. And I actually wish he had this personality when he was playing because he's very funny and very smart. And uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe he should have dated J-Lo earlier. Maybe that would have helped him. He's amusing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Couldn't have hurt. Yeah. So the third segment is Austin's final thoughts. He gives Mr. Space the opportunity to discuss any topic that I may have missed. Is there anything that you would like to talk about, Austin? I have two topics I'd like to talk about. Do we want to start with the Yankees or do you want to start with the Indians? Ooh, let's go with the Indians because we've talked Yankees already. Yes, okay. We will get to the Yankees afterwards. So yeah, let's spice it up. Let's talk about the Indians. So we know what happened in Cleveland over the past a week or so with Zach Plezak and Mike Clevenger. I wanted to talk to you about what you thought of the situation with Plezak breaking curfew, having to ride home on the uh, on his own rental car, and then Mike yeah. Clevenger found out later getting exposed or went out with him, broke curfew, rode on the plane. Both of them, uh, as of right now, um, have come back to the team, and the team basically said, you're going to go to the alternate site until we say otherwise. So these are two very good pitchers for the Indians here. They're basically right. relying on Shane Bieber. Uh, so what do you make of this whole story that's going on uh, in Cleveland right now? I mean, so a couple things. I mean, I'm, I think, look, athletes are getting paid a lot. You guys are getting paid a lot of money to play mm-hmm. a sport, number one. When these athletes, and it's not just baseball, I'm going to broaden this out for a second. You have you have athletes that are at the M- in the NBA that are bitching about the fact that they have to live in this bubble atmosphere. Again, you guys are getting paid millions of dollars to play a sport. You're not living like, like they make it sound like they're living like paupers. <laughs> you guys are living in the laps of luxury. You may have to be, you know, in certain um, quarantine type of quarters, so to speak. Uh, but you're not, it, it, it's not, it's not like you guys are living in, in, in destiny. You're not living in, in this, in these shacks you're being, you're still being taken care of. So I'm, I, I wanted to start my preamble with that and then go into the fact that I think both of them are morons for going out and breaking curfew and doing something like this, because you're not, 
it's it's not just selfish because of the fact that you're 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 acting like an ass and you could get yourself sick and all that other stuff. But now you've just shot your team in the foot. Big so time. you you've completely screwed over your team and your teammates. And it just it goes to show are, are they younger? I'm I'm not even too sure yeah. like what their ages are. I'm, my assumption yeah. is that they're they're probably in their what mid twenties. I think they're both younger. Let me let me uh, let me take a look at that while you go on. But I mean it. it not not that age necessarily matters, but I feel like when you're younger, you, you you tend obviously you tend to do more immature or act more immature and do and do dumber things. But it's just it's it's extremely extremely selfish, and and I feel I feel bad for the Indians. I feel bad for a team that's been playing pretty damn well so far this season, and now they've you know they, they've lost two of two of their better players for however long the organization deems it necessary to keep them at the alternate site. So real quick, uh, Mike Clevenger's 29, Zach Plezak's 25. So yes. Okay. Especially Plezak. Um, apparently what I was reading was the, during that meeting where Francona and I think it was like, you know, the organization, other ones, a player um, threatened to opt out if they came back because they don't feel safe. And you almost go, well, I get it, you know, and who is that? Play- I don't know who that player is. They kept that private, which is good. But I just, first of all, I will say this good on the Indians. That is, they're taking down their number two and three guy right now. You know, because right. Shane Bieber can't do this all by himself. They're basically, which is, and it is entirely their fault because they're saving grace right now as they're starting rotation. It's really good, you know, and if they're willing to take that down for the safety of their players, which they have good players, and they're going to lose. They're probably going to lose Lindor next year. This is one of their last shots, and these two wanted to go have drinks and dinner with six other people or whatever, and then play cards afterwards. That's not cool, man. That's not cool. And, and the team is all in unison with this, apparently, from the reports there. And you've also got one of the best managers, easygoing managers ever, in Terry Francona, and you still do it. Come on, guys. Come on. Um. I will. I I, will, I got to applaud the Indians there, but man, that stinks because they're ma- they they could really sneak in there if it wasn't for this nonsense. And maybe Ab- things change in two weeks. But wow, so I will applaud them on that. By the way, you mentioned bubble real quick. They're talking about that playoff bubble. Did you read about that? No. Yeah. So it looks like the playoffs. If they when they haven't finalized anything yet, it's becoming more talks that there will be a playoff bubble. So once the regular season ends, they'll all go to a bubble and hang out there. That is what it's looking like. I'm 95 percent sure that's going to happen. That would make that would make sense. I mean, because yeah. at that point you you're looking at one, two, three, four. Was it ten teams? Twelve teams? One six. It's twelve teams. Yes. Twelve teams. Okay. Yeah. So twelve teams. I mean, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. That's easy enough to control. And um, what would they use? Like two two stadiums. Or two th- baseball diamonds, so to speak. I don't. I'm not sure how they're. I mean, I'm sure they're trying to figure this out and what. Because I remember them when when they were talking about it before the season started. Arizona kept being like the spot that they continue to talk about. So I'm assuming that would possibly where the bubble would go would be out in Arizona. Yeah, it could. I mean, I think the big thing is they're going to need a major league ballpark. That's the thing. So I think the big ones are, of course, New York or California or something like that. Uh, a little more. I mean, I, earlier on it was Arizona, but that's a lot of teams uh, for uh, one ballpark, if that's the case. So Yeah, it's true. You know? 
I mean, you would think they would want to do it in a warmer climate. Um, I, I don't, I, I, I could be wrong. Maybe they would pick New York, but I think New York would be crazy. Um, just because of the weather aspect of it, but you'd it might be, be better off. Again, you know, who knows? Who knows? I mean, they they uh, could just go down to they could just go down to Orlando like the NBA did and use and use Orlando. I mean, Disney's got I think they've got a couple a couple baseball. They have at least one baseball field down yeah, there. Yeah, but they're, they might they're, have more than that. They're so adamant about the uh, major league, this, you know, because they had to go upgrade Buffalo for Toronto. Oh, that's true. So I don't think they're going to go that's through that. True. It's going to be an actual ballpark, and somebody will inadvertently get home field advantage. Could be New York. It could be the Yankees. So there you go. You know. Could be. It's probably it's probably going to end up the Dodgers, but that's okay. That's going to okay. happen either way. Um, great. So my final thing for you, because uh, speaking of the Yankees, final thing I wanted to bring up here for you, I sent out a tweet the other night, um, and then uh, you got into a big argument with me. We had a big uh, tweet on social media about this. I said basically, um, Yankees going forward with the amount of depth they have, they are going to have to look into starting pitching. Um, I know you're just joking around. What do you make of that statement? What do you think of that uh, going forward for the rest of the season come trade deadline when that comes up? Well, my, my response to you was mind your business. And yeah. <laughs> it, it it was mainly just because what you said exactly what I think every single day, which is that the Yankees, again, you had an opportunity to sign a pitcher years ago. Instead, you went out and got Giancarlo Stanton, who has been an albatross around the team's neck ever since they picked him up. Yep. The Yankees desperately need another pitcher. Like they, uh, it, there's no question about it. Unfortunately, well, it's not unfortunate. I mean, unfortunately, I don't think they're going to do it because they've yet to do it in the past few years. They've had opportunity after opportunity. Clearly, as we've seen this past weekend against the Red Sox, they have enough players that they can package together to give to a team. Any team that, whether they're contending or not contending, even a team that's looking to rebuild, they have plenty of plenty of players that they can auction off and get a decent enough pitcher. Will they do that? I don't know. I really don't. I, I truly don't know if, if they're smart enough to actually do that. I don't understand why you... Like, it's, it's awesome to see that the Yankees have built up their farm system again because they went through, I mean, back in the, in the 90s when they brought up Jeter and Bernie and... And all of those players, Posada, all of the the core four, Pettit, they all came up from the farm system. And then the Yankees got in the habit of, oh, we're just going to trade away all our prospects for wonderful pitchers like Kevin Brown, who punched lockers. (laughs) So then they completely depleted their their farm system for years and they had nothing. And then they they very, very slowly but surely had built up that farm system again, which now we're seeing. They should. I'm okay with if you take some of those farm system players now that you've obviously brought up and you're putting them in the lineup so you know that they're halfway decent and trading them to get a third starter. I'm not saying to break the bank and you know, I'm not saying you need another number one starter, but they do need to find somebody, somebody to fit in that third, that third spot, which you've already talked about. Um, but again, I don't, I don't trust the front office to do that though, because they, they haven't done it. And it's very frustrating. Um, I think it, it, I, I'm a little more hopeful. I think they will. And I think there's some interesting things out there. So a lot of this also depends on which left-hander, if a left-hander is going to step up. J.A. Happ pitched well last night, okay, Sunday night, right? Yeah. Uh, he, if he, He's not been having a good year. No. no he's been awful. If he can continue, that's good. If he can't, we're looking into left-hander territory. 
and the left-handers out there, because I was looking at the league and I was looking at some possible left-handers. Um, Robbie Ray would be one from the Diamondbacks. That would be somebody that I think they would look into. None of these guys are having great years. Uh, Brad Anderson. The biggest one for me that would be awesome, because there's health concerns right now, he's on the IL, is Drew Smiley. I would really like to see that happen for the Yankees if his health is there. That is a problem. The well is very it's, – it's, it's, it's basically a puddle right now as far as left-handed pitching goes. If J.A. Happ can continue and if he can turn it on and become well enough, that opens up another option that they can get a right-hander. And you know who has uh, – who's, <laughs> who's at the end of his contract right now is probably the best pitcher uh, currently, number one pitching in fantasy rankings right now, is a certain player named Trevor Bauer for the Cincinnati Reds. So if you if, if a left-hander comes out, if J.A.F. comes out, and they throw Bauer in there, um, they rent Bauer basically for the rest of the mm-hmm. season and go into the playoffs, that's nuts. And, it, and the thing is, it depends if the Reds are going to be out of it, which I think they will be. Um, so that's what I think the Yankees have to do. I think they will do something. Um, but then again, you don't want to give up too much for something like this. If Bauer, you will give up stuff for. But the left-handers out there, besides Smiley a little bit, you got to be careful because they're not ha- they're not really showcasing their stuff. You know. Look, I, like I said, I've always I always defer to you. So if you're going to be optimistic about it, I will trust you, and yes. I will I will lean optimistic even though i'm extremely pessimistic with the way that like i said with the way the yankees have been have been doing things as of late at least the past few years anyway um but if you if you're optimistic i will uh, i will try and change my tune and be a little optimistic about it and, and hopefully they will uh they'll they'll be a little aggressive and and pick up another another arm before the end of the season they didn't. And, and it really depends on what's going on with certain left-handers if they have enough faith in there i think they need to do it i think they will do it if they don't do it that's dumb because other teams are going to do some stuff this year, you know, especially once we get closer to the deadline. I'd say the Red Sox, but they have no pitching to offer. But other teams do that might be out of it. You know, Matthew Boyd's another one in Detroit. I don't think they're going to be in it. So we have to see what's available. Early, My early uh, crystal ball tells me that's what's happening. But if Bauer joins, that's insane. That's insane, and it could happen. And I would go, like, I'm always one of those saying, you really got one shot at a World Series. Go for it when you can. And uh, if the I, th- I think they will do it. If they don't, they should. <laughs> they want to lock this thing up. I certainly hope so, man. I really, really do. It would be it, it would be a nice a nice change, a nice change to what I've seen the past couple of years. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have to see. It'll be interesting. It's going to come up soon. So see what's going on with the trade deadline for sure. So do you have anything else before we uh, wrap up the pod? That was it. Just wanted to talk about the Indians, um, our squabble on New York. And, of course, we did talk about it, the the big fight between Oakland and uh, Houston the other night. So I'm satisfied, besides the Red Sox losing every night. But other than that, I'm satisfied. (laughs) Yeah, how are you doing with that, by the way? I'm sorry? I said, how are you doing with that? How are you doing with your rough season? You feel it's, you, it's embarrassing, and uh, basically, I, I mean, I watch every game, but then I also flip to other games as well. And once they're down by eight runs, I'm like, well, what else is on? And then I move from there. <laughs> so I mean, I mean, they're giving up so many runs. It's it's 
it's incredible. So, I mean, the only bright spot, it's nice to see Xander Bogarts play well, I guess. So he, he's playing well. Avaldi, for the most part, is fine. Other than that, it's awful. Benintendi's hurt. Devers isn't playing well. Um, J.D. Martinez doesn't have tape, so he's not playing well, and he'll probably get traded. So, I mean, there isn't much to say. They're awful. You, th- you think J.D. will get traded this year? Yes. Hmm. Yes, especially now that everybody has the DH open. So I don't, I don't think a lot of players want to be there, to be quite honest. That's what it looks like. So, which I get, but at least they're sticking with it. Nobody's getting COVID, unlike the Indians, who have a chance. <laughs> you know. That's fair. That's yeah. absolutely fair. Yeah. Um, do you want to, I mean, I, I want to give you the opportunity on this podcast to plug your own podcast sure. that you work on since, you know, this it is your show. So you should sure. have every right to plug whatever other projects you're doing. Well, yeah, thanks. So uh, we just started this. It's season one of Pointless 64. It's basically a podcast where I take 64 of something, break it down into brackets like the NCAA. I'm sure we're all used to this lingo by now if you've been listening to the podcast this far. Um, uh, This season uh, is Major League Baseball mascots. So if you like baseball, you you might like this too. You might like uh, some fun uh, us debating about which baseball mascot is the best. So two episodes are up right now. There's going to be six episodes each season as we break them down. And I was joined by two uh, great people here. Jason Kelly, who uh, does a bunch of sports podcasts as well, and streaming and does a Red Sox podcast. And of course you joined on first season, uh, Chris. So it was really a delight to have you. Um, it was a long one, but it was a really delight to to have you on. So if you like listening to us a little bit and you want to hear us uh, fight with another guy about mascots for an hour each week or so, <laughs> I've got the podcast for you. So uh, please tune in. And then, yeah, fill out your bracket. It's it's all up on my social media and you can find it, download it, and uh, play along with us. I hope, you, I hope you join us for this new adventure that I've uh, thrown out into the world. So... All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Spaceball Podcast brought to you by the Sideline Network. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. We greatly appreciate it. Be sure to check us out on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. While you're there, you can check out all the, the other great podcasts we have for you from the Sideline Network, including Drinks with Dan, Richo's Rant, Richo and Lala, and the Valley Sports Talk Pod. For Austin Space, I am Chris LaValle. I hope you all have a wonderful week, and we'll talk to you all again soon. Hey!